kindness and tender mercies. If you weren't loved before you walked in this morning, we've got a God that loves you, a God that cares for you, a God that shows mercy to you. Amen. And if any reason for praising and worshiping him, it's because of these benefits that he gives us. I don't know about you, but one that came out of a life of sin, I'm thankful that God forgives me. We should worship the Lord with all our mind, body, soul, and strength. Let's think of that as we worship the Lord. We bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Let's bless the name of the Lord this morning. We worship you this morning, Jesus. We give you hallelujah, praise God.
he worthy to be praised? Because we have benefits in him. Amen. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a forgiver. Amen. Amen. And we praise the Lord on today. We praise him for being a healer. We're thankful for uh, the Rogers family, Sister Cece. Uh, they have uh, had their child's been in the hospital. Uh, and we're praising the Lord on today for healing them. opportunity for us to give back. We have our care package list out front in the foyer. Please, you have until next Sunday, uh, the 10th, before that box goes out. And we're, we're a church, and the church is the body of Christ. As members, we, uh, we have the opportunity to give back to those that protect our country, those that spend time sacrificing away from their families, they're not here and enjoying these amenities that we have. And so let's, let's, uh, let's get together and um, let's bring in some non-perishable items, some um, things that are small enough, as it says here, to fit into a shoebox. We've got worship material, Bible study material, food items. Take a copy of this list. Um, that you're going to be given one inside your program today. Please take a look at that. Whatever you can assist with and I know we can assist with something there's something that each and every one yet some of these you don't even have to go out to the dollar store and purchase you know you've got batteries flashlights all this you've got some of these things around the home and for, so everyone has an opportunity to give and so let's do that throughout our week this week Bitcoin and cash. Well, we, we got to take the offering first. So we to, amen. We want to make sure that we focus on that first. And so as they come, we're going to prepare for the offering as we do this week. Um, Sister C is our on-call pastoral staff member today. So any questions you have, please reach out to her throughout the week. Um, Monday, uh, no change, life in focus. Tuesday. Tuesday, we'll have our breakaway services, so be prepared. I see here it says, ladies, bring your favorite Christmas 
charcuterie and $5 less gift exchange. So, man, we've got to put something in here uh, in this program. It is not in the program, but we've got to come up with something. <laughs> Trade the time. Trade the time. So it's been, it's been identified. All right. Uh, so no other changes throughout uh, until Saturday, the uh, foster care community Christmas party for those that are involved in that 11 a.m. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Ask the Lord's blessings over today's tithes and offering. We thank you, Lord God, for your many abundant blessings. We spoke today of these benefits. We worship you in thanks, O oh Lord, of being a worthy God to be given all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. We ask, O oh Lord God, that you bless this church. Let it be a church, Lord God, that is a central focus to the community, Lord, to our nation and to our world. Oh God, and as we give, let us have that mindset that we give out of the goodness of our heart, Lord God, not begrudgingly or holding back. Lord, as we give in the tithe and offering, bless it to abundantly overflow. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, in Jesus' name. Please come, give in the offering. We do have the opportunity for you to use your card if you do not have the Bitcoin that uh, Reverend Monday referred to. Let's continue to worship the Lord together. Darkness, help. 
Let's continue to worship the Lord together. Go ahead and stand to your feet and give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Am I in a Pentecostal church today? Do I have some saints that are filled with the Spirit of God? Aren't you thankful that there's a new name written down in glory? And it's mine. Hallelujah. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Amen. Let's worship him like your name's written in the book. You're worthy, Lord God. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We're so thankful for the opportunity to come in and worship the Lord. We're thankful for our praise team leading us into worship this morning. I love the anointed worship of God. It's one thing to have talent, but there's a whole other thing to worship the Lord with an anointing, with the presence of God. And we have an anointed praise team. Amen. At this time, we're going to transition the service to that point where we hear from the Lord through his word. I'm going to ask Pastor Crutchfield to come. Repeat after me. Pastor Crutchfield. Preach the word. Isn't it good to be in the house of God today? Amen. If you're excited about being in the house of the Lord, why don't you just lift up your voice one time and shout, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. God is so good. He's been so good to me. And, uh, you know, Life has its ups and downs, but more ups than downs when you're living for God. Amen. I think Brother Parks referred to he daily loadeth us with benefits. And I believe that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. Then he tells us how to run. He said, so run that you may obtain. He's using a metaphor that this life of living for God is like running a race, like getting in that marathon race. Run that you may obtain. And every man, Brother Johnson, I want to ask you to run. I'm just messing with John. And, uh, so run that you may obtain. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, Living Life Not Be a Castaway. 
living life not being a castaway. Pastor Parks, would you lead us in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you for life, oh Lord God. We thank you for your many blessings. We offer, oh Lord God, our worship to you today in this service as we hear your word. As we receive it, O oh Lord God, let us receive it with open ears, O oh Lord, no obstruction. O oh God, and begin to speak to our pastor with a fresh anointing, allowing our ears to be attentive, but not stopping there. That we apply this word so that we will not become castaways. Bless your word today, allow it to be anointing, O oh Lord God. O oh God, and let us leave this place applying your word to our daily lives. We ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, man, it's good to be in church. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Living life, not being a castaway. Not being a castaway. I got in this. I'm sure you did, too. I got in this race to win. I'm in this thing to win this thing. I've run the course that I've run thus far. Ultimately, I will receive a prize. Now, my prize may not be what the world deems as a prize, but my prize is eternal. My prize is better than silver and gold that will burn. My prize is an incorruptible crown. It's not just a normal prize. It's not, I'm not running it just for a prize. I'm running to obtain something that will last forever and ever and ever and ever. My prize is eternal. It's reserved in the heavenlies. I have not won it yet. And yeah, I've won a lot of things in life and I've lost some things in life. But like Pastor Park said, he loads me daily with other benefits. Hallelujah. But ultimately, the grand prize is what I am about winning. And that's going to be in the heavenlies on the other side. And I don't know about you, but I am on my way. I'm running my race that's set before me. I'm working toward winning my prize. I'm walking through whatever open doors that God puts in front of me. I am pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. My mark may be different than your mark, but guess what? We're all pressing toward the mark that God has set before us, and we're pressing to win and to reach that mark. I'm walking through the open doors that God has in front of me. I'm pressing toward that mark. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. Walked in the door, you are a victorious person. 
you're victorious no matter how defeated you felt last week or last month or last year. You are a victorious person. No matter what your emotions are telling you because they will lie to you. You are a victorious person. You are an overcomer by the word of your testimony. Somebody help me preach this morning. Hallelujah. So run that you may Don't run as a castaway. Don't run as a castaway. But run so you don't become a castaway. The opening scripture, Paul refers to himself as even the Apostle Paul having the potential to find himself a castaway. If, if, if he feels enough to do a self-evaluation of, I could be a castaway, then we probably all should look at that as well. What is a castaway? Generally refers to someone in uh, the, what is it, Nautilus Maritime era, someone that has been shipwrecked or stranded on an isolated place, an uninhabited island. The term comes from the idea uh, of being cast away from civilization or normal life. But in the context that the Apostle Paul is talking here in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, he uses it metaphorically and he says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Now what's that mean? I bring my body into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway expressing the idea that his self-control and his self-discipline in his spiritual life is very important to his outcome. And he uses the term castaway to describe the potential state of being rejected or deemed unworthy in the context of his mission and what God has called him to do. It's a metaphor for failing to live the life that God has called him to live. And if we fail to live by faith, I asked Sunday and I asked again Tuesday and I'll ask again this morning and I'll ask again in the 11 o'clock service the same. There's an open door before you. But there's a lot of adversaries in your life. Once again, I'm going to ask, who's the biggest adversary in your life? Don't tell me yet. Revelations 3 and 8, the message says, I see what you've done. Now see what I've done. I've opened, the Lord says, a door before you that no man can slam shut. Nobody else can slam it shut. You don't have much strength. I know that. You used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were tough. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, the Amplified Version says, For a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me. And there is a great and promising one. And there are many adversaries. Who is the biggest adversary that you face? You see, some of your adversaries, you think you're enemies. But they're not your enemies. That one book said that I read years ago said you've got sandpaper people in your life. You think some people are your adversary. They're just kind of rubbing you the wrong way perhaps to get you to do something that maybe you weren't doing. 
God allows some of those people in our life, so we have to work on ourselves. So we have to do self-evaluations. Anybody got somebody like that in your life? I got one, two, three, four, some, five. Yeah, Joanna back there shouting. Hallelujah. Praise God. And but can I tell you, you're giant. His name's not Goliath. Your giant's name's not Goliath. Your adversary, the one that's hindering you, the one that's doing the most damage to you, the one that's the greatest obstacle to your faith life is self. My biggest adversary is me. My, my greatest giant's name's not Goliath. It's named Tommy. Galatians 5 and 24 says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. And notice it says, With the affections and lust. I, wanna, I really want to go back there. I want to go back and I want to look at that outside of service today. Because it says, uh, you can read it and just think affections and lust. But if you really, I, I, as I'm looking into it, I, he says, I've crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. It almost seems to draw out, I, I would have to look it up, it almost seems to draw out lust as something that we desire, something that we look on, something that we uh, are attracted to, that's a lust. But an affection almost seems like that emotional desire that we have in our lives, that that emotional uh, need for certain things. And, and so he says, what Paul says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh and with the affections and lust. And then he goes on and tells us, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. You see, what he's saying is, is what you've got to do is you've got to deny yourself. You've got to work on you, and, and, and you've got to put yourself under control. I've got to put me under control, because if I let me out of control, me will drag me down. If I let self go, self will be the obstacle, self will be the giant that I face. And, and he tells us, he says, that you've got to crucify the flesh. That's what this is. That's what this humanity is. Metaphorically, he's talking about who you are, what you are, and, and, and the type of person, your personality, all of those things tied up in that word flesh. Who you are, who your flesh is. He says, your affections and lust have to be crucified. What's that mean? Somebody, what's that mean? They've got to be crucified. They have to line up with the Lord, with the things of God. What, what was it? you said? Got to be dead. Got to be dead. I like how Brother Malloy used to say it. You want to know how somebody's dead? If you kick them, and they don't move, they're dead. If somebody kicks you, you're going to move. You're going to come up out of there. With your chest bowed up and your shoulders back. No, 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 it don't work like that. Because you're not dead. Because you haven't crucified yourself. Because I haven't crucified me. I'm talking to me now. And so until we crucify our affections and lusts, 
Lust being the things we desire. Affections being those more emotional things, I'll say, at least for the case of this message. It, 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 affection in this verse. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. In a broader context, the word affections mentioned is part of what he categorizes as the works of the flesh. And these include a range of behaviors and desires that are self-centered. And catch this, and harmful to others. Harmful to others. Those works of the flesh harm other people. They invade their space. Their persona, who they are. That's what those works of the flesh do. And that's why you've got to crucify those works of the flesh. And we've got to crucify those things choosing to live according to the Holy Ghost. And not our will. To the Spirit and not the flesh. And, and, and with that, I have to be on constant awareness of me. I've got to consistently be watching out that I don't mess myself up. That I don't make those grave mistakes. Which we all make mistakes. But the less flesh I have. And the more I crucify myself. The more likely I'm going to be to obtain my prize. And the, more, the less I crucify my flesh. And the more self-ish I become. The more self-ish I become. Then my flesh is out of control. And my spirituality will decrease. Am I too into me? Ask yourself that question. Is what I'm saying good? Is it uplifting? Is it building up the church? Is it strengthening the person next to me? Or in front of me? Or behind them? Am I building my brothers and sisters in life up? Or am I tearing them down? Am I doing them harm? Am I causing them pain? Or am I doing good? What are my words doing? They can be constructive or they can be destructive. It's a lot easier to be destructive. I've been in the house building business before. I've built new houses and I've done renovates. And can I tell you what? It's a lot easier to tear something down than it is to build something up. It's a lot easier to tear something down than to build something up. Am I trying to be somebody? Or am I trying to serve somebody? We need to try to serve somebody. Can I get an amen? We need to try to serve somebody. Matthew 23, 11. But he that is greatest among you. You want to know who's greatest in here? He that's greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself, whoever, decide, they don't want to be a servant, they want to be served. They want to lift themselves up. They, they are the ones, he says right here, he that shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that humble himself shall be exalted. Now, what, what's exalting somebody? What? No, not somebody. What's exalting yourself, Andre? Putting yourself above others. Putting yourself above others. 
And what's the scripture say? If you exalt yourself, what's God going to do to you? He's going to obey you. He's going to bring it down. But if you humble yourself, what's God going to do? He's going to lift you up. He's going to lift you up. Sometimes people converse about others. How many in here you've talked about somebody before good? You've talked about how wonderful they are. You know, you, you've said, man, that suit Brother Mudlin has on is just sharp as a tack. And, and, and Brother Parks, that color coordination over there is just immaculate, man. And, 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 and you, you, you look at Mark and say, man, I love that vest. And, and, and you, you, you go around and, and you can lift somebody up. But, but how, many, how many's done that before? Amen. Sisters, you've told your sister, you look nice today. How many's done that? Amen. How many's done that today? You told somebody they look nice today. All right, good. How many guys have, have told somebody, have told another guy they look nice today? I've already done that. That's, that's how you build somebody up. But in the same context, how many in here have done the opposite to somebody? I'm not saying this today or this week or this month. But you torn somebody down. You, you, you were a drill sergeant. You were, and you got to work off. And, and, and so, so with that, it's easy. It's easy to tear somebody down. It's difficult to build somebody up. Because in, in tearing somebody down, what we think we're doing is building our own self up. If we can cast blame somewhere else, then it takes the blame off of us. Can I get an amen? amen. And, and we've got to learn it's not about us, it's about Him. Yeah. we got to realize talking about somebody doesn't better ourselves. Jesus said, if I exalt myself, I will be abased. But if I humble myself, I'll be exalted. If you don't humble yourself and God loves you, He ultimately will humble you. Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been there. I've done that. I've been through those experiences where my attitude was out of control. My flesh was out of control. I wasn't taking myself to an altar regularly and crucifying my flesh. I wasn't abasing myself. It wasn't about others serving me serving others. It was more about, you know, well, I deserve this at this point in life. Or I, I deserve, anybody ever said you deserve something? I'm not knocking that, but we, we said that. But we've got to be careful when we say that, that we're not getting into a place to where we are not crucifying our flesh anymore, but we're satisfying our flesh. Because if you satisfy your flesh, what's going to happen? You're going to dissatisfy your spirit. No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you come to church, if you're allowing self to be out of control and to be un unhindered, untampered, doing whatever it wants to, whenever it wants to, it's going to affect your spiritual life. And ultimately, hopefully, the grace of God is going to step in and God will but that is such a lesson when God steps in and humbles you. Broken. If you're going to be broken, you don't want God to break you. 
He's a big, big God. If I'm going to break something, if I'm going to be broken, I need to do it myself. I need to humble myself. I need humility. To not be a castaway, I've got to have humility. I need to abase myself. I need to serve, not be served. And Christmas is coming up. What do, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, when you go to somebody's house, don't go sit in their living room and just let them do all the cooking and let them do all the cleaning and, oh, yes, I deserve this. Serve me. Now jump up in there. What do you need? How can I help? Can I set the table? Can I stir your macaroni and cheese? Can, can I cut the oven on? Can I wash dishes? How many of you say that? Can I wash dishes? You don't walk by the dishes and say, well, somebody else will do that. Somebody else can do that. I'm talking about serving others. I'm talking about humbling ourselves. I need humility. I need to abase myself. I need to serve, not be served. I need to be willing to be last so that one day when I get there, I can not necessarily be first, but I don't have to be in the back anymore. I can be in the front when I get to glory because I was willing to be last while I was down here on this earth. Can I get an amen? I have to live a life of sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I don't need to be conformed to what the world is, to what the world says. I don't need to be conformed to what the world, to, to what, uh, you know, the YouTube, latest YouTube, what do you call that? Influencer. I don't need to be influenced by an influencer. I need to be influenced by Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And, uh, and, and I, I need to be a living sacrifice. I, I need to, am, am I serving God or am I serving my own desires, my own ways, my own want to? And I need to humble myself. I need to humble myself in order to save me from being a castaway. That's what I need to do. I need to humble myself. I need to humble myself. I, I, I want to shift just a little bit, and I want to quickly talk about how you humble yourself. How you humble yourself. The first thing I do is I pray. Sometimes life wants to get you so busy with so many responsibilities going to and fro, here and there. Or it wants to get you entertained. It wants, it wants to fill your life, wants to fill your schedule. And so you do not pray. Because it is in a place of prayer. It's in a place of prayer that you realize, I got to work on me. It's in a place of prayer that you, you bring yourself to an altar. And you pray, God, here I am. 
I want to humble myself in your sight. It's in a place of prayer that you're not so big and bad anymore. It's in a place of prayer that you're not so good anymore. It's in a place of prayer that you come and that you humble yourself before God. So you got to pray. Somebody say, first I got to pray. First I got to pray. Next you got to stay. After you pray, you got to stay. You got to stay at an altar. When's the last time you've been in the altar? You've got to stay at an altar because an altar is where I bring flesh. And I sacrifice it. Spiritually, I lay it before God and I say, God, here I am. Unzip me. If there's anything unclean, if there's anything not right, if there's anything that's not doing your will, if my flesh is out of control, God, get a hold of me right now. Show me. Show. Somebody say that. Show me. Show me, God. In the areas of my life, the areas of this past week that I that I let my flesh get out of control. Maybe I didn't recognize it. If you stay at an altar, God will show you. He'll give you a picture of it. He'll take you back to last week. He'll take you back to last month. You didn't think anything about it. And all of a sudden, he shows you a visual illustration of last week or last month and how uncaring uh, I was or how self-serving I was or how into me I was and how self-ish I was. I got, I got to stay. I got to pray and I got to stay. If you stay, if you stay around people of God, if you stay around the church, if you stay around the preaching, God's going to get a hold of you in a good way. He's not going to have to humble you in that other way that we don't want to be humble. So we got to pray and we got to stay. Stay in an altar. Die daily, the Apostle Paul said. I got to repent every day. Because I promise you, I made some kind of mistake yesterday. I did something wrong yesterday. And, and, and it's not that I'm a terrible person because I did that. But if I allow those little things to build up day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and I don't put those things under control in subjection to the Holy Ghost, then I will find myself being a castaway. I have to bring myself. I have to pray and I have to stay. And I have to stay at the altar. And I have to bring those things to the altar regularly so that I do not become a castaway. So that I keep myself in subjection. If I'm going to walk the walk, I, if I'm going to talk the talk, i got to walk the walk. If I'm going to say I'm an apostolic and I am a Christian and I am a Holy Ghost filled, i got to make sure I'm not out there. My character is something different than what my mouth is saying I am. Can I get an amen? And then I've got to fast. I've got to fast. I've got to. If I don't, my flesh is going to live. Biblical fasting is the way that God allows your spirit to get control again. You show me somebody that never fasts from anything, and I'm going to show you somebody that ultimately their flesh is very alive. 
And then the more you fast, the more you'll walk in the Spirit. It says in one scripture, these kind goeth not but by prayer and fasting. And it was speaking in reference to others. But can I tell you, there's things in you that will not, will not let go of unless you pray and fast. But when you fast, it has this way of uh, allowing this humility to come into you and this sensitivity. And, and it, it amps up, if I could say it like that, your prayers. And it intensifies your walk with God and, and your walk in the Spirit. And when you talk to God after you've been fasting, there comes a point when you've been on a fast that there is a breakthrough in the Spirit. And, and, and you feel like the windows of heaven are opened and God is pouring out things to you. But, but in order to get there, you've got to fast. In order to get there, you've got to push away a plate. You've got to leave a diet coat. You've got to, uh, whatever you're fasting from, you know, perhaps it's a coffee for a week and you've got to push that coffee away or you're not fasting from it. And, and, and you'll battle with that thing. If it's something that's got control of you, you'll battle with it that whole week. Sugar for me. I will lead into the Daniel fast. <laughs> we are going to be fasting together as church body at the first of the year. I hope you join and be a part because it's about us coming closer to God. The way we come closer to God is we crucify ourselves more and more. I pray. I stay. I fast. And then I serve whenever I have opportunity to serve. If there's an opportunity to serve, you take that opportunity. And that helps you to humble yourself. Opportunity to serve in church. At work, you'll be a better employee when you serve others. When you serve who you work with and what you do. I don't know about you. I don't want to be a castaway. I've been in this thing too long to be a castaway. I'm in this to win this. I'm in this to win this. I got in this race to win this race. Can somebody say amen? I'm going to run my course. I plan on receiving my prize. Is there anybody who plans on receiving your prize today? But you know that prize that you're going to receive, it's not temporal. It's not going to burn up. It's not a prize of silver and gold, but it's a prize that is eternal, reserved in the heavenlies. I'm not running just to obtain something that will not last forever. I'm running that I may obtain something that will last forever. Could you stand with me? I haven't won it yet. Somebody say, I haven't won it yet. But I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I may not have the same mark you have. But we're all running to obtain that mark that God has set for our lives. Hallelujah. I want to open up this altar. Sister Joe's going to start some music in just a moment. The first step in humbling yourself is to pray. The second step was to stay. And I made reference to staying at an altar. I made a habit early on in living for God that I don't think I ever go to church that I don't come to the altar. That I don't take this guy right here by the nap of his neck and drag him up here and tell him, humble yourself, crucify yourself, abase yourself.
And if you do, God won't have to abase you. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay close. Because if I stay close to the altar, I know I'll stay close to God. I know I'll stay close to God. And I know He'll be my Savior. And I know if I lift Him up, and I abase myself, if He's lifted up, He'll draw all men unto Him. So that means those people I'm praying for and that I love, He's got them too. He's got them too. Hallelujah. And then I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast my flesh away. Hallelujah. Call on the name of Jesus today. I'm in this thing to win this thing.
Can we just lift up our voices and give the Lord praise in this place? What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, before you're dismissed today, I want to tell you our team did a great job this week. We had a float in the parade. Uh, our van was pulling the float. It looked pretty awesome. And uh, so and several of our folks met out there and had a good time. I do want to make mention there's a box out front. And I think it's like a got a black cloth on top of it, right? And that's a place for our military. Uh, we've got several, several, I guess, men and women that are affiliated with the church that are serving overseas. And we want to send them care packages. And we've got a little list there of a care package uh, to send their way. So uh, put something in that box between now and next Sunday in honor of those that serve and just to maybe give them uh, just a little boost during the holidays as they're separated from their families. Just a little love from life. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this hour. We pray, God, for those soldiers that are overseas that we're sending gifts to. God, they're not able to come to church service like we are week after week and be encouraged and strengthened. So we just pray that where they are right now, you send angels round about, God, that you strengthen them in the power of the Holy Ghost. God, that you stir up the gift of God that is in them right now. We, we touch and agree in this congregation that you're going to do that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Shake hands and be friendly in Jesus' name.